Hey everyone, welcome to STEM Time with Navya and Aishwarya. We're your hosts, Navya. And Aishwarya. Welcome back, everyone, to the Reaction Series. Today's episode is very interesting, um, and it's about roller coasters. So the topic is, what does a virtual roller coaster ride tell us about migraine? Let's get started. All right, so the article for today's uh, Reaction Series is from Science Daily News, and the source is American Academy of Neurology. So the summary of this article is, when experiencing the ups and downs of a virtual roller coaster ride, people who get migraine headaches reported more dizziness and motion sickness than people who do not get migraines, according to a new study published in the July 7th, 2021 online issue of Neurology, the medical journal of the American Academy of Neurology. Researchers also found that people who get migraines also had more nerve cell activity in certain areas of the brain during the virtual roller coaster ride and less activity in other areas. Researchers said this abnormal processing of the visual motion stimuli in the brain was linked to migraine disability and more susceptibility to motion sickness. So I think this is really interesting because this is a virtual roller coaster ride, right? And then they're still finding these uh, dizziness and motion sickness through a virtual environment. So it just shows how much virtual reality has sort of gone um, in, in like or advanced in the technology fields where you can really feel that entire like ups and downs of that roller coaster and feel that motion sickness and uh, dizziness. And so, and using this as a means of figuring out more about migraines um, and using it to sort of analyze what exactly is going on in the brain during these times is an exceptional way or very interesting way to um, sort of go about this problem. Yeah, and I think what's really cool is that, you know, they're actually monitoring the brain, not just like pain, like, you know, pain susceptibility based on, you know, how participants in the research feel. It's more like, oh, okay, you know, I'm pretty sure they use some type of an MRI or something to like, you know, image what is going on in the brain. And by noticing, you know, that certain parts of the brain have more nerve cell activity, I'm guessing those are the parts of the brain that are also more active when people have migraines. So there's probably some connection you can make there. And I'm really interested to see the results of this study, um, just to see what they found within the brain. Yeah, absolutely. So this idea of like uh, virtual reality um, is being explored within this research to find out more about people who get migraine headaches. So continuing with the article, millions of people regularly experience painful and debilitating migraine headaches that can reduce their quality of life, said study author Arne May, MD, PhD of the University of Hamburg in Germany. People with migraine often complain of uh, dizziness, balance problems, and misperception of their body's place in space during a migraine. By simulating a virtual roller coaster ride, our study found that some of the, these problems are not only magnified in people who experience migraine, but they are also associated with changes in various areas of the brain. By identifying and pinpointing these changes, our research could lead to a better understanding of migraine, which could in turn lead to the development of better treatments. So I think this is a fascinating uh, quotation, right? Like from this, um, the mm -hmm. study author, it's absolutely amazing how they were able to 
sort of connect this virtual roller coaster ride and seeing what that means for the future of this field, right? Like what what can we gain from this? And so that entire idea of simulating this um, roller coaster ride um, through the virtual reality and being able to see the changes in the areas of the brain um, with people who are suffering from these debilitating uh, migraine headaches um, and being able to see like what exactly is going on inside of the brain when they're experiencing migraines? What are the symptoms of this? How could we possibly um, sort of understand this idea of migraines and give better treatments in the future? So all of those different things are um, put into test using this virtual reality simulation, which I think is really, really cool. Yeah. And like, you know, they're not just looking at the study, you know, to see, oh, how do roller coasters affect people? It's more like, okay, you know, this is related to migraines. So how can you solve something that people face on a daily basis um, for treatment? And I think that is very uh, influential because it will yield some great results. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really awesome that they sort of, because in sort of the brainstorming process, right? Like when they're thinking of how can we figure out more about migraines, right? The, one of the, they, I think they chose one of the best ways of simulating this, which is like that roller coasters, which is obviously a very um, great point of research and understanding, like, because a lot of people feel that motion sickness or those um, Mm -hmm. um, headaches on these, like, very, like, they're very chaotic atmospheres, you know? Um, And so that sort of situation, I think, is really awesome that they put that to the test for these people. Yeah, like, I think the extreme um, conditions of roller coaster it's like testing the ability of a person who has problems with with a certain part of their body, you know, and I think by <clears throat> placing the body in such extreme conditions, it'll help uh, diagnose and treat the actual disease or um, problem, you know, properly. Right, exactly. All right, so going with, uh, um, continuing with the article, this study involved 20 people with migraines who were compared to 20 people without migraine. Uh, participants had an average age of 30 and more than 80% were women. People with migraine had an average of four migraines per month. Researchers used functional magnetic resonance imaging or fMRI to take brain scans of each participant as they watched videos to experience the virtual roller coaster rides. No participants experienced a migraine during the virtual rides. After the virtual rides, participants were surveyed about their perceived levels of dizziness, motion sickness, and other symptoms. All right, so this is the sort of experimentation, the setup, right, of the experiment. So what we have here is we have um, numerous people who um, suffer from migraines and numerous people who don't. So that comparison is there. And then what they're also seeing is seeing what how their brains are functioning during this entire process. Um, and so while they're watching the virtual roller coaster rides, as I mentioned here, um, no participants experienced a migraine, but they want to figure out what was the effects of this. Um, so while they were in that sort of virtual atmosphere, how did they feel? Were they very uh, dizzy? Did they have motion sickness? Um, and all of these other symptoms that they're sort of understanding the symptoms of migraines and how they're different from a person who do uh, does experience migraines and a person who doesn't. Um, and so I think that's a really cool comparison right there. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and like you said, you know, just having that comparison is not just like within um, the participants that were uh you know, people who have migraine, but having like that control group 
for people who were not migraine or not having migraine, that's also important to be able to compare the results effectively. And um, having that more than 80% were women, I do remember reading somewhere that women are more um, vulnerable to you know, migraines or pain after using virtual reality. There was an article like that. I don't remember where I read it, but apparently women are um, affected more by virtual reality. And so by having that higher percentage, I don't know if it was intended to show, you know, the extreme effects of the virtual reality um, and roller coasters on migraine. But I think it's interesting that I was able to make that connection. Yeah, that's really interesting. That sounds like a really cool article. I'll definitely be researching that um, later today. But I think that's really interesting to see the differences um, of like people who may be more susceptible and including that in um, inside of the study. And I think what um, could be interesting uh, later on is to make more research and understanding the differences uh, between why women would be more susceptible to those kind of things. And so including that in the research would be pretty cool as well. But yeah, um, so continuing with the article, our researchers found that 65% of people with migraine experience dizziness compared to 30% of people without migraine. On a questionnaire about motion sickness, which scored symptom intensity on a scale of 1 to 180, those with migraine had an average score of 47 compared to an average score of 24 for people without migraine. People with migraine also experienced symptoms longer, an average of 1 minute and 19 seconds compared to an average of 27 seconds. Their symptoms were also uh, more intense. From the brain scans, researchers were able to identify changes in nerve cell activity based on blood flow to certain areas of the brain. People with migraine had increased activity in five areas of the brain, including two areas in the, um, please excuse me if I pronounce this wrong, but occipital gyrus and the visual processing area of the brain and decreased activity in the two other areas, including the middle frontal uh, gyrus. These brain changes co correlated with migraine disability and motion sickness scores. So this is really interesting. So they've seen a very uh, huge difference between people with migraine and people without migraine. And so they see that a, um, a larger percentage of people with migraine experience dizziness um, in terms of motion sickness. The average score for those with migraine was much higher. Um, and the length or the duration of these symptoms were a lot higher for migraine. So we can see that there is a lot of differences. Um, so people with migraine, all of these symptoms are much more severe. And so understanding the certain symptoms that are different and the ideas of like what they're simply going through during a roller coaster would help them in understanding the migraine um, like how they are affected on a daily basis uh, with this problem. And similarly with the nerve cell activity, they were able to understand where exactly there are um, there is increased activity. So this way they would be able to understand, okay, these areas of the brain is sort of what's igniting all of these dizziness, motion sickness, and all of these like heightened um, symptoms that they're facing during these times. Um, and so I think it's really interesting. Another aspect that I also um, saw like with the motion sickness that scoring on a scale of one to 180. I'm wondering if there's like another way they would be able to like uh, be able to um, like measure the the intensity mm -hmm. of motion sickness, right? Like, because I was, when I was reading that, that's a little bit subjective in a way, but I think that's pretty interesting. That's a, a different aspect that I thought was pretty interesting in how they um, sort of found the results here. 
Yeah. And I think like with those results, what they're trying to do, I think from what I was able to get is that um, the scale is used, you know, it's not, it's not the most accurate, but pain is like very subjective to the person themselves. So um, that's probably why. And then they compare like, you know, this score had this um, like MRI scan. This is how active their brain was, this part of the brain. So I think just having that large data set again is very important because then they'll be able to say, okay, this person has a high pain tolerance. You can even make those kind of conclusions. Um, So that's relatively cool. And something else is uh, when we started talking about the visual processing area of the brain, which is the occipital gyrus, I found that was very interesting because I'm currently doing research about scotomas and scotomas have to do with like blind spots that occur sometimes caused by migraines. And what's really cool there is that, you know, these scotomas are blind spots within the eyes that don't last very long. But um, again, there's multiple types. I'm just doing like scintillating scotomas, but um, essentially it's cool because it affects the visual processing area of the brain and it does decrease the activity of the brain. So um, I'm currently modeling that and just thought it'd be cool to add. Yeah, that's really awesome. And definitely like the entire idea of like the visual processing area, like being affected or like all of these different um, areas of the brain, like are extremely affected for people with migraine when they go through something like a virtual um, roller coaster simulation. Um, and then you can see like these specific changes um, in the brain. And like they also mentioned, like there was decreased activities in two other areas of the um, brain, including the middle frontal gyrus. So seeing these sort of like, okay, there's increased activity here, decreased activity here. What does that mean for someone with a uh, migraine disability? And why does it correlate with the motion sickness scores that we're seeing? Um, and all of these different um, correlations that this study has now allowed many um many scientists to be able to explore like this idea of okay there are these sort of um, things happening why is it causing um like all of these huge symptoms that are going on with this um virtual roller coaster simulation so i think that's really really awesome um the the progress that they've made through this project so yeah and continuing with the um the article that we have here One other area of the brain where we found pronounced nerve cell activity in people with migraine was within the pontine nuclei, which helps uh, regulate movement and other motor activity, said May. This increased activity could relate to abnormal transmission of visual, auditory, and sensory information within the brain. Future research should now look at larger groups of people with migraine to see if our findings can be confirmed. So this is awesome, right? Like we have so many different results here, the different um, activities, increased activity in some areas of the brain and decreased activity in other areas of the brain and all of these different results that we've now acquired. And of course, the next sort of option or next sort of step in um, confirming this is as um, as this um, professor said, this is exactly what we need to do. We need to find more uh, gr- groups of people, people with migraine and people without migraine to be able to confirm these correlations. Like, is, it, is this a case for everyone or is this only like a small case scenario here? And really being able to confirm those results would be able to let us go on to the next test, which would be hopefully being able to find better treatments and gain a better understanding of this very complex and confusing disability for many. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, there's a lot of future research that can be done 
to see. And, you know, migraine is not like a very small percentage of people that, you know, face it. It's, it's a pretty mm-hmm. big thing. Mm-hmm. And the scope of the research that, you know, the effects it could have is enormous. And I think that it will be really interesting to see what else they can find uh, and what else they can confirm. Like it says about um, the different things, you know, that migraine is related to in other parts of the bodies. Yeah, absolutely. So there's like a lot of things going on in this article here with all of the different ways that they sort of found results to different symptoms with the um, the ideas of how many people experience um, dizziness or like the range or like the intensity of their motion sickness and the light duration of their symptoms. So all of these different things with the idea of like that comparison between people with migraine and people without migraine and really understanding what's going on in the brain with the fMRI scans um, to understand what's going on while they're going through that virtual roller coaster ride. And definitely what I love most about this um, research right now is this idea of taking something like a virtual roller coaster ride. Like you would never imagine that a simple like roller coaster ride simulation could lead to so many different answers to questions mm-hmm. that many scientists have about the brain and migraines and its symptoms and all of those different th- things. So it really just shows that there's so many different ways to solve problems in the world and if you have a like certain question in the um, world about how certain things works or why is this problem so intense how can it gain a better understanding um, it really boils down to really breaking down the problem and seeing what could I possibly do in order to analyze this and so what these researchers have done is take something as complex as a migraine and really broke it down into okay so there's a lot of things um, like the correlation of like the symptoms of dizziness motion sickness headaches all of these different things and being like okay what situation would that be relevant in and so this virtual roller coaster right so you can see all of those different stages that must have gone into this research um, and you could see that there's been a lot of results here uh, with that thought process so I think that's really important to emphasize yeah definitely um, and like you said you know it's very important to emphasize all of it um, and I am excited to see where this can go because it'll solve a lot of daily problems that people face so right. it's very promising um, but that is a wrap for today everyone thank you so much for tuning in to our episode on what does a virtual roller coaster ride tell us about a migraine? But keep tuning in. We have very, very fun and exciting episodes ahead of us. Some are even about movies, just a quick spoiler there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, make sure to keep tuning in and follow, like, share, and do everything you can to spread the word about our podcast. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Bye, everyone.